You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy. We're your magical hosts of the Lost Chill Podcast, your favorite book bantering podcast. Heck yeah. Let's get right into it. Kimmy, tell me what you've been reading lately. Any good recommendations for our listeners this week? Oh my gosh, yes. So, so many. I've read some great romance books lately. One Night on the Island by Josie Silver, which came out February 15th, was this wonderful little gem that was a delightful forced proximity romance book that really blew my mind with its depth. It actually reminded me a lot of Sweet Spot, which we'll be discussing tonight, because it also had that whole island community thing going, except that it was in Ireland, which I'm sure would thrill Keen. (laughs) oh i can't even and basically just know i would like to move to a small island community can it be tropical though because it was pretty chilly in both Mm. i thought you were going to do the float plan thing and do a boat instead i mostly just want to be warm the majority of the time and near the ocean be it on the water or next to it i'm less picky all right Well, you said you've been reading a lot of great romance books. Any others? The Kiss Quotient by Helen Hoying. Oh, I absolutely love her. I read The Heart Principle last year and immediately wanted to go out and buy all of her other books, and I did. But I haven't haven't gotten around to the other two yet, and I did read them out of order. Oopsie. Shocking. I know. Sometimes I feel like you do it just to spite me. I do, actually. But yes, I will definitely be reading more by her as well. The author of these books, Helen Hoing, has a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder in the same vein of what would have been previously considered Asperger's. In the book I read, The Kish... Excuse me. In the book I read, The Kish Quotient... (laughs) Kind of a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. The main character has Asperger's. I know the three she's written are supposed to be in the same universe. Was there anything like that in The Heart Principle? Well, first of all, I had no freaking clue about her diagnosis whatsoever. Um, But I don't remember there being anything in the heart principle about that, but I also read it quite some time ago now, so I just may have forgotten at this point. Um, But I love her and her writing even more knowing that because with a diagnosis like Asperger's, it can be hard to make social connections, and I feel like it could be even harder to write about them. So kudos to her. Um, way to overcome those challenges that she was dealt. I went in pretty blind, kind of the opposite of you, (laughs) because I knew about the author having and incorporating in the autism spectrum disorder, and I was rather surprised by the main trope in the kiss the kiss quotient. I can't ever say that. I'm not even gonna try it because it's just gonna be super lispy. Yeah. So I kind of felt like this trope was a bit of a spoiler, but is anything really a spoiler in the romance genre? Not really. So basically you pick up a book and you know the author has autism spectrum disorder and is writing about someone with that point of view. Does your mind then go to, oh, this is probably going to be pretty woman in reverse. (laughs) Actually, no, it does not. No, that didn't happen for me either. So I was very surprised <laughs> with that book. So that's, that was fun. That's quite the surprise there. <laughs> so have you read anything this month besides romance or you just hanging out there? Well, actually, I have indeed. Oh. I read The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart and OMG. I absolutely loved that book. It's technically sci-fi, but is more so my favorite subgenre, which is, of course, anything time-centric. I honestly think most people will like this one. It came out February 22nd, and it is a sci-fi 
action-packed mystery with depth. So much depth. I also feel a need to say, I went into this book after a very rough D-N-F. <clears throat> Razor blade tears. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I was there too. So basically when I started the Paradox Hotel, I was already coming off a book I didn't like. I got a few red flags in the beginning of this and I was just... I don't know how else to say. I went into this book like looking for a fight. <laughs> I was mad. I was ready to be a book badger. I had my walls up when I started this book. And yet, it still got to me. I still loved it. And don't get me wrong. There were bits that rubbed me the wrong way or I still didn't like. But it was the good kind of friction. And I, <laughs> it just didn't overshadow the rest of the book. It made me think. It made me feel, it made me happy, and I highly recommend it. I remember that same night that you, it was the same night that we both stopped reading Razorblade Tears, and um, you sent me a text message, I already hate this book, <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? I thought you stopped reading it, and I didn't realize that you had moved on already, yeah. and you were, you were, you were amped. And you were looking for a fight. I was. That was, I was the best way to put fight. it. I was like looking to be mad about the book. Yeah. So. You were just looking to badger another book. But and I didn't. It, it did got it. past my walls. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad too. I'm really excited to read that one. And I'm going to hopefully get to it really soon. I also hope you like it. There's so much pressure when you like a book and then someone else you know reads that book. I feel like we kind of like a lot of the same things ish yeah yeah kind of yeah okay often but it's still it's like a lot of like a lot of pressure like it will feel like a personal offense if you're like i hate this book kimmy you high girl i'm like no well i'm i'm just gonna tell you that i hate it anyway so just to make you second guess life <sighs> so what have you been reading besides um, stuff just to spite me <laughs> it's so much fun uh i have kind of slowed down a little bit, but I've also started besides reading books for this episode, <laughs> uh, which we had to get through a lot for this episode since we're covering three books in one here. I also started the throne of glass series by Sarah J. Moss. Did she, is she Akatar? Yes. Okay. Yes. So same author, different series. Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, holy hell, I am hooked. I am really upset that I haven't had all the time in the world to just binge the first book and another two that I bought. Is this Yah or is it just, or is it, I'm sorry, is it Yoth or is it just It was in the Yoth section. Okay. And <laughs> if anyone is lost, we talked back in our introduction episode of season two where I was like, Y-A, and Katie's like, yeah, because... And I couldn't stop. Because Y-A spells yeah, and so now she made young adult fantasy yaw. Actually, my husband did that. Oh. After listening to the first episode. Ah. Yeah, this is worse. why he shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> no, he should. He should. He absolutely should. Um, <clears throat> so it was in the young adult fi uh, fantasy section, and I caught hell from him. He was like, what is this in your hand? Because he's obsessed with fantasy. And he's like, this looks like a book I would read. And I was like, shut your mouth. And then I my, hid my books. My only issue in general is that I don't like to read too similar of books close together. And sometimes it's just as simple as I don't want or even at the same time. It's sometimes as simple as I don't want to read and listen to two romance novels because when they're in the same genre, I feel like it's easier to get things confused. With fantasy, a lot of the times there's so much more world building and detail. Mm -hmm. So I worry if I'm reading multiple fantasy novels oh, yeah. that I would get very confused. So I'm pretty, I'm actually reading A Crown of Gilded Bones mm -hmm. right now. By Jennifer Armentrout. Yes. And the fourth book in this series comes out next month. And so I kind of don't want to taint it while I'm that deep in yeah, those books. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm still getting through the Akatar series. And I'm on the fourth out of, no, 
yeah, fourth out of five books, I think, in that. Um, so, I don't know. I just, I really like how this is going so far. I'm about halfway through the first book. Unfortunately, just life is getting a little bit busy right now. So, I just wish that I could just sit and read all day like I used to. Same. And I just can't. Oh, God. Like, I I barely was able to finish uh, all of these books for this episode just because everything got away from me. So, it'd be oh, like that sometimes. It'd be, it'd be like that. On season one of The Lost Chill, the majority of our episodes were specific to just one book. Three books that we dedicated an entire episode to have since had sequels come out. Those books were The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman, Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosmano, and The Float Plan by Trish Doler. With no the. With no the. <laughs> I added the the. You're welcome. <laughs> if you haven't listened or want a refresher, go back and listen to those episodes. They're so great. You can hear what Katie and I want to do with our retirement plans. <laughs> <laughs> we also did author chats with El Cosmano and Trish Doler, which are posted on our website, thelostchill.com, which you definitely want to check out because I low-key feel like we're best friends with them now. <laughs> it's I fine. I don't know if they feel the same way, but it's, we... It's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. It's okay. We're, we're besties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to try and squeeze in a quick little mini review on all three sequels to those books and maybe give some thoughts and opinions on sequels in general at the end. So we have three books to talk about. Where are we going to start? Let's just go in order that we featured them on season one, which is also the order they were released, which is also the order I read them in. I wish everyone could see my face right now. (laughs) Because I'm not surprised whatsoever. Imagine Michaela Maroney being not impressed. (laughs) Yes. That is a good, good, good way to put it. Uh, (laughs) uh, That was so long ago. I didn't read them in any order. I read them in the order that they appealed to me at the moment. This is my surprise voice. Hashtag Katie loves chaos. Yeah, I'm a seven. I do what I want. She's drinking wine now. I think it's because of me. It's to help me deal with the trauma <laughs> that Katie is currently <laughs> inflicting on me. Whatever. Lissai. <laughs> the Man Who Died Twice is the follow-up to The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. This was actually released in September of 2021. All our main club members are back. Elizabeth, Abraham, Joyce, and Ron, along with the honorary members and actual detectives Donna and Chris. For me personally, the first book was so character-driven and the plot was so convoluted that I would have straight-up hated it if it was not for the delightful cast. But as it was, I loved the characters, so I loved the first book. I also loved all the characters so much. They're just so hard not to fall in love with. Now, before we get to anything else, I know the most important thing on everybody's mind. In our initial episode on the Thursday Murder Club, we decided that you were most like Elizabeth and I was most like Ibrahim. Is that still true in the sequel? Oh my gosh, yes. Hardcore yes. I was actually dying dead The man died twice and Kimmy died once while reading this with how much that was solidified in this book. So let me interrupt this review with a quick story. Do we have to? We must. (laughs) One time, my dear friend and podcast co-host Katie suddenly started wearing all of these bohemian chic accessories. I think the most used item was the slouchy crossbody purse with a cell phone holder. Time out. Pause. Tactical pause. <laughs> I got so many compliments on that bag. I bet you did, girl. Like every day. Rock Not it. even going to lie. It was quite the look. 
Lindsay and I inquired with her as to why the influx of such items, to which Katie replied that she found a darling little shop she liked, and the owner told her they were worried they might have to go out of business. (laughs) And our sweet Katie just could not handle this, and she had to buy out the entire store to keep it afloat. This is, of course, a bit of an exaggeration, she did leave at least two of the incense burners, after all. <laughs> but we teased her mercilessly for years about how she was determined to single-handedly keep all her favorite local shops afloat. And this is just so completely on brand for Katie. Like, she has approximately 413 stickers that say, Support Small Business! Because she buys them from every local shop that puts them out. (laughs) It's incredible, really. Katie, thank you for your service. So then anyway, back to the book. We start reading The Man Who Died Twice. And well, why don't you just tell us what Ibrahim does, Katie? I don't really want to talk about it. What? Tell me. No. Please? No. Our listeners want to know. (sighs) He finds a small bookstore and he purchases enough books to ensure the store is still there the next time he returns. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so absolutely, with Katie being Ibrahim, it's still freaking tracks. I read that and I was just so pissed. <laughs> you weren't happy? He's you. Because I was like, I am going to be mocked mercilessly for this now. This is just adding fuel to the fire. And I'm just like, that was a damn good purse, though. I miss that purse. What happened to it? It broke. Oh. It broke. I wore that the hell out of it, though. Oh, I know. Yeah. It was comfy. (laughs) A special pocket for my cell phone. Oh, I know. That was right there and readily available. And you got to be at once bohemian and chic. (laughs) At the same time. It was amazing, and I wish I could find I, another bag what, like what that. What happened to that store? I, I should drive back up there and look. <laughs> I know where it is. Oh, gosh. So, yes. I Katie- did see a going out of business the other day for a small business on Colfax, and I was like, oh, those poor people. I must save them. <laughs> you must save them. Here's $20. I didn't stop. Wow. Well, okay. I'm impressed. That took some strength from you. Yeah. They were already going out of business. There was nothing I could do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ibrahim and I are both pillars that hold up our community. I'm not going to apologize for such noble work. When I got to that point in the book, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I just face palmed so hard. Never change, darling. <sighs> so what about you? Did you still relate to Elizabeth? Oh, yes. There was this whole tangent she went off on where she basically said that people were either weather forecasters or the weather. And that was a whole very interesting way to look at things. But in the end, she wrapped it all up with this one line that was like, he believes in fate. Well, I am fate. Boom! Mic drop. That is totally something I would say and believe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, it totally is. But there was also something else that reminded me of you being Elizabeth. And that was at the end of the book where she was just so thrilled that she has friends who do things to help her and expect nothing in return. And I think since you have a history of being scorned by friends who are manipulative, this just made me think about you as well. We love hard but we go hard. Elizabeth and I just have so much in common. Yeah, you do. I'll say we're a, we're a passionate people. Me and Abraham, had he not gotten the shit kicked out of him in this book, I could have found yeah, out more about that, myself. That was rough. Yeah, that it was. was rough. It was sad, especially when he was too scared to leave. It's a scary mm-hmm. world out there. It is. I will say. So let me let me take this time to to discuss this. I feel like it's an important thing about me scared okay no don't be scared i've in the past been confused about am i a four or am i an eight in the enneagram world Mm -hmm. and i have seen this being a common perplexion among people like myself and i have found and i also now truly believe 
that people such as I are just hardcore eights. And it's our passionate side that people sometimes think, well, maybe that can be a four, but it's just definitely hardcore eight. Mm -hmm. But you're just so passionate and you do have a lot of feelings and you don't necessarily let them all out with everyone. But the level of that, how strong you feel things can be construed as a four, but you're not a four, you're an eight. So I think I'm less confused now. I'm just, I'm just an eight, a very passionate eight. All right. I don't even know what my wing is. Typically your wing is a five. Typically your, your wing has to actually be next to you. So you could either be a seven wing six or a seven wing eight. Well, I'll, how are I'll you set, a four and eight? That's, it's not my wing. It's not oh, my wing. Oh, I thought it was. I think, I think I'm honestly an eight wing seven. I'll send you some Instagrams. Don't worry about it right okay. now. Okay. We'll get Welcome to back to our book podcast. Again. So in The Man Who Died Twice, I was positively thrilled for this book because we got to know Elizabeth, a.k.a. me, <laughs> a lot better. I'm not a narcissist. Nope. What's up, girl? What's up? That's the mirror. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. No, I'm narcissistic. Oh, that's AF. right. Sorry. <laughs> so we got to know Elizabeth a lot better and see a bunch of her backstory. So I actually read this back in November. I remember absolutely loving it. I felt this whole book had a great plot that was at once both twistier, but much less of a mess than the first book. The first book, I feel like suspicion was just cast on everyone. So basically any ending would have fit, which was kind of a turnoff for me. And I just didn't like all the red herrings and the mess and the, I, I, I didn't like the plot. As much. I love the characters. I didn't like the plot of the first yeah, one. Yeah, I remember you saying that. This one, I loved the plot, but it didn't skimp on the character development at all. So overall, it was a complete win for me. I found it so much better than the first. However, you just finished this book. And I have literally been waiting four months to find out what you think. So tell me, how did you like The Man Who Died Twice? So first of all, I'll just get to it. I loved reading this book. It was fantastic. I bought it for myself for my birthday in September, and I'm just now getting to it. So that was unfortunate. But the funny thing was, is I thought that you hated this book <laughs> for the longest time. At, like the entire time I was reading it, this was all because of a convoluted text, text exchange we had about this episode. So the entire time I was literally thinking, I don't even know. I don't even know Kimmy anymore. How in the hell can she hate this gold? And I thought the plot was fantastic, especially the whole diamonds in the locker part where they go and find out if Elizabeth's ex-husband is dead or alive, if the diamonds are in the locker or not. It was just so good. And I really <laughs> can't think of anything that I didn't like about this book. It was just fantastic. You sent me the screenshot of us <laughs> talking like... And I told you, like, I think I was just trying. I don't want to put my feelings on you. Yeah. And I wanted you to go in and, like, have your own thoughts. Cause we yeah, my thoughts were, why did you hate this book? Which is weird. <laughs> I think I was, like, trying to bait you into reading it sooner before we even discussed this episode. Because <laughs> I really wanted you to love it with me. <laughs> but you, like, took it as me hating it. So I avoided it. Oh, so it way backfired. That's why I read the sweet spot first. Initially, I was going to read this one and then the oh, sweet spot. Man. But because I was like, oh, well, if she, if she didn't like it, like, there's got to be like a big flaw or something <laughs> with it. So like. No, I loved it. And I was just trying to like, I was trying to put it in her line of sight, but without giving anything away. So I was trying to be all mysterious. No, I was thought. fucking dreading it. I was like, oh, well, she hated it. She freaking loved the first one, loved all those characters. And I was like, ah, well, all right, well, I got to bite the bullet and I got to read it, whatever. And I was like, how did she hate this? And that's when I texted you and I was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, why would you think I hate it? Right. And then I sent you the screenshot and you're like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Okay. Oopsie poopsie. Oopsies. Oh, well. So that's silly. Whatever. You know what else I just realized, though? What? So I talked about the terrific order that these were released and read by me. <laughs> but also, 
it makes perfect sense for us to talk about these books in this way. Yeah? So there's this beautiful, flowing, seamless transition. We're going from cozy mystery, the man who died twice, to cozy mystery romance, Finley Donovan knocks him dead, to straight up romance with the sweet spot. That is a good point. So that means that we're on to Finley Donovan knocks him dead by El Cosmano, which came out on February 1st. This book picks up just a few months after where Finley Donovan is killing it left off. In that one, we both love the crazy shenanigans and twists in the plot. And I immediately fell in love with Vero and Finley and the ride or die relationship that they had. You actually were way more hesitant and didn't love these characters as instantly as you did with the Thursday Murder Club. Tell me how Finley Donovan knocks him dead is <laughs> compared to, to the first one. So let me just clarify. It's not that I didn't love them instantly. It just felt a bit too good to be true. Vero was just this perfect friend. And I have a hard time trusting someone so flawless. Well, in Finley Donovan Knocks Him Dead, all my prior issues were taken to the other end of the spectrum completely. We got to see a lot of cracks in Vero's facade. We had to infer a lot of her issues while still wondering about many others. But I appreciated that the end result was Finley admitting to not knowing Vero as well as she thought she did, but reaffirming her loyalty to her. What did you think of Vero and Finley in this one? So I completely agree with you. I think you're right. Admitting that Finley doesn't know Vero made it a little bit more realistic. Uh, I am glad that they are still ride or die, maybe even a little bit more after this other adventure. But one of Vero's main problems in this book is that she gambled away a lot of money that Finley got at the end of the previous book. While we never figure out how much she actually lost, we can pretty much assume it was a hefty dollar amount. This was the most realistic, or excuse me, this was the most unrealistic part of the story for me. I don't know many people, regardless of what kind of relationship it is, would just be like, oh yeah, that's okay, you gambled all my money away. But then again, not many relationships would help the other person bury a dead body. So they just have a different dynamic than most girlfriends, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. An interesting dynamic for sure. That whole part, I, I feel like I was able to swallow it a bit more because it reminded me of Mrs. Maisel and her agent. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's how like Vero felt, but that same thing happened in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a TV show on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And she's a comedian who like lets her agent deal with her money and then her man her agent like just gambles it all away. And so I feel like I was like, okay, well apparently friends some friends just let their friends handle their money and think it's a professional capacity and it's a bad idea. I just don't feel like I could really be like that with anybody, even if it was my husband, you know, or anybody. That's but surprising even, because you're the gambler. I am, but I don't gamble <laughs> so it I all the way. That. I learned from my lessons. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you've learned that. I yeah. probably still would never be like, eh, here's my money, Katie. <laughs> Do with it what you will. I trust I you. would actually probably be more responsible with somebody <laughs> else's money than my own. Yeah, I could see how that's a weird plot point. Yeah, but... In both, yeah. But I, I just felt very odd because, first of all, money always is the number one killer of friendships, family relationships, spouses, those kinds of things. And I, I don't know, for Finley to just be like, yeah, okay, we'll get this figured out, Vero, no problem. Pat her on the back and then they go back in the house it was that that part really irked me just because 
I don't, I also don't know anybody who would actually do that, who would just be like, hey, stranger, I know we just met like two months ago. <laughs> Wait, so correct me if I'm wrong. So is having a friend who's like, go bury this body with me, a more believable plot point to you than like, yeah, ride or die. <laughs> then, then go take care of this money for me. Money is tricky. Okay, it is. It is. Definitely is. Money. I mean, both situations are tricky. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Okay, so trickier than money and bodies. <laughs> Matters of the heart. Mm. I mentioned before this was more of a cozy mystery romance. Finley had actually rejected Detective Nick, or should I say hot cop <laughs> Nick, in his sweet gesture in the first book. Then she went and bared her heart and secrets to Julian, the barkeep slash law student, at the end of Finley Donovan is Killing It. We, slash especially me, had some <laughs> big opinions if we were Team Nick or Team Julian on our episode for that book. Both guys showed up in this one. What were your thoughts on them? F. Julian. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Gasp. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Fine. Sure. Go on vacation. Do whatever you need to do to unwind. But why do you have to ghost her for a week? Okay? That's BS. He could have just texted her. Why, why couldn't that have happened? It just seems sus. Okay? Granted, they didn't really have a label on the relationship, which is fine. I think that they both really needed to be honest with one another and what they actually were. If you couldn't have guessed, I'm Team Nick. And he is a whole package. Treats her children like little royalty. He doesn't force himself on her. And he's just really patient and understanding. And when he comes to Christmas dinner, my heart was just screaming that she needed to be with him. And I hope in the next book we see that she is going to be with Nick. What were your thoughts? I really appreciated the reality and issues that were addressed with Finley dating a younger guy, being Julian. Because, you know, in the first book, Finley's mom had been pushing Nick on her, and I feel like expectations from others just clouded her judgment. She was still pushing her Nick on her in the in second this book. One, yeah. Yes, in both. And so I feel like, like, I feel like Finley's like, I can't even recognize my own feelings for this guy because everyone else think he's best for me and I got to find things out on my own. So she went with the hot, novel, illogical choice where she th felt like she was heard and she could reveal her secrets to Julian. Then in this book, she has a lot of doubt and insecurity because maybe he had been what she needed at that last moment, but now... They're worlds apart. He doesn't have kids. He's like on spring break, which is not something in an adult's vernacular at all. No. So I feel like there's so much reality here, especially after the hell of a divorce that Finley experienced. Maybe Nick was almost too right, too good of a fit for long term, and she just needed something fun and Mr. Right now. And then she saw how that turned to Mr. Wrong pretty quickly. I don't know if this makes any sense. It does. Because I can see I can see the desire for something different than what she had. Like she just found someone to settle down with and it went so wrong for her. So I feel like how long-term commitment can seem so much scarier. <sighs> I feel like El Cosmano tried to keep things muddled in Finley's heart and brain over which guy in this book. I feel like we like floundered a bit. Like, I feel like we were getting really far away from Julian. Like, he was bad, he was bad, he was bad. And then the girl she thought he may have been dating on spring break was like, wow, way to hurt him when he loves you so much. And we're like, way to mess it up again and put that, like, the, the anti-doubt back into her system. I don't even think that uh, he loves her, though. Like I No, no. Like, I feel like it just muddied the conversation. I am still and have never floundered on being hardcore Team Nick. And I wholeheartedly believe that is where her happy ending will be. And I don't mean that in the sexual way. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Hopefully. Hopefully. A happy ending makes a happy ending, if you know what I mean. Yes. 
Julian hasn't even met her kids yet. Julian is a kid. Well, age is relative. <laughs> I, I can understand that. Age is relative. He I'm biased. To, but like, it's also weird that they don't fully go into each other's houses and they're making out in the driveway when she's the adultiest adult in the building. <laughs> she didn't even know that he was living with a woman. Right. Red flag, red flag, red flag. <sighs> I can't. I can't. She just got out of a relationship with a total jerk. A selfish, egotistical, cheating jerk. And I get that. And I think that's why she wanted a guy with no, no future. And I think that's why she wanted a guy with no future. He has a future. But not with her. He has a future for his own life. But I think it's someone whose fu- like, future doesn't align with her. Like he's much younger, most more immature. Like he has many good things going for him. But I think she realizes that it's not a long-term relationship. But because of the hell she's escaping from, that's very seductive to her. So a rebound. A rebound, yeah. He's he's a good rebound. Yeah, he's fun. He's... Like, when you get out of a long-term commitment, do you automatically just want to jump to the next long-term commitment and the guy who will treat you well and be all the things and that your mom wants and that is so perfect? Or do you just want to have fun and live it up with the young guy who you didn't see yourself with going on spring break and getting wild? Like sometimes you just want to be like, Oh, I can. So I will. Or (laughs) hear me out. You could also go to the nice guy too. I would pick Nick. I would pick Nick too. (laughs) So where are we going to pick Nick at? (laughs) hey boo boo (laughs) hey boo boo yes thank you for picking up my picnic your picnic basket (laughs) yes no I get it I get no I'm trying to give Finley the benefit of the doubt I'm still on picnic okay because it's hilarious yes we can we can just live there we can, because I'm trying to give Philly the benefit of the doubt, but I would pick Nick every day <laughs> if I could. All I want to do is pick Nick. I'm like, yes, why would you do anything else if you could pick Nick? Like, just pick Nick. There is another option for me. Like, pick Nick. It makes sense. You're Don't such be- a hardcore picnicker. <laughs> I can't help it. Pick Nick. <laughs> I'm done. Podcast yeah. over. That was good. That was good on the spot there. Thank good you. job. <sighs> so we both picnic. Hit or miss for Finley Donovan. Knocks him dead. Another hit. And another sequel I liked more than the first one. What about you? Uh, another hit. Absolutely. I just hate that we have to wait for the next book again. You just hate that we have to wait for Finley to picnic? <laughs> Yes. That should just be a title. Finley Donovan Picnic. We're going to email Wait, L right Finley now. Finley Donovan Picnics. Picnics with Nick. Picnics. So, wow. Lots of picnics. We've really been hitting the sweet spot with these sequels so far. I see what you did with that one as well. I didn't want this episode to start sinking, so I came up with a float plan. I will give you a dollar to stop right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're too much. <laughs> and now we're obviously talking about The Sweet Spot, which came out on March 8th. There's no picnics in this one. Well, as the second book in the Beck Sister series by Trish Dollar, the first of which was Float Plan. Float Plan, of course, was right up my alley, sailing in the Caribbean island hopping to all these places that I've been, including the island where I got married. I laughed at the end of that episode because as custom made as float plan seemed for me, the synopsis of Sweet Spot seemed custom made for you. Beer, Great Lakes, etc. How did you end up liking it? I absolutely loved it and I couldn't put it down. 
I read it so fast and I was so sad when it was over and I had such a hangover after this book. The characters were great again. And I just love how the characters that we saw in float plan grew and evolved so much in this book. Did you end up liking it more or less than float plan? I will be honest. I loved them both pretty equally. Float plan was raw and real and managed to be both heavy and light, a.k.a. my favorite kind of book. (laughs) I was blown away, however, with how insanely relatable and comforting Sweet Spot was. I related to Rachel on so many levels, plus, plus, oh yeah, what really gets me, the community (laughs) on Kelly Island. Did you need a minute? I probably do. I'm not okay. (laughs) That is literally all I want in life. So I guess if we're really going to get down to it, I'd rather be Avery than Rachel. I will be the one on the island to teach yoga and wrangle all the newcomers into joining the book club and force everyone to do karaoke. Yep, sign me up. So if we can actually bring this to our book club with potlucks and karaoke's, karaoke's? Karaoke. (laughs) I'm already signed up for a song from every Taylor Swift era ever. Never mind, I actually changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Potlucks are are cool, though, with booze and food. All right. So you probably noticed I had a lot more questions for the Thursday Murder Club and Finley Donovan Knocks Him Dead than I did for Float Plan. It's not because I'm rushing or thinking or short on time, but honestly, it's because of the way these quote-unquote sequels are just done so completely different. With the Thursday Murder Club gang, that is very much same character's new book. I think someone could maybe read that one without reading the first, but they wouldn't want to. I think there was enough reference from the first book. I don't know. With Finley Donovan Knocks Him Dead, that absolutely could not be a standalone. It picks up right where the other left off, and if you hadn't read the first, I feel like you would be very lost. Both of those felt like genuine sequels. So there's a lot of specific things to compare to the first and second books. However, with Sweet Spot, I think sequel is the wrong word. It's very much just same universe versus continuing arc and development. So while Anna and Keen, the main characters from Float Plan, are mentioned in Sweet Spot, for me to ask something about them, in this book would be silly because you'd purely have to speculate and guess. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think a better term, and not just because they're sisters, but a better term for the sweet spot would be a sister book. Um, Just because they are kind of, they kind of run parallel to each other, but it's not the exact same group of characters. Same storyline, just... Mostly unrelated to float plan. I wouldn't say run parallel because it did pick up after. Oh, yes, you're right. So, so it's not like the same time. And it is take place after float run plan. sequentially after, but. But different characters yes. and familiar, whatever. <sighs> so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else you'd call that. Cousins? I don't know. Sisters? <laughs> it's. Much like the American Girl Doll series books. They all had different stories. And every girl had a different story. But they were all in the same series. Thank you. You're welcome. That was so poignant. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm just thinking outside the box here. Did you not read those books? No. That's why you looked at me like that. Probably. So judgmental. You didn't read those books at all? Those are right up your freaking alley. Like, that's the the yah edition of historical fiction. I know. I read these other books. I don't remember what they were called, but they were like historical fiction diaries from the perspective of these women in history. What was it? I don't know. Oh, you what just said called. you don't know what they're called. Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Remember! <laughs> remember right now! 
I'll hmm. find it and I'll show. I don't remember. I don't remember. They weren't American. Like I feel like. Do you need to remember all? I do need to remember all, but that will just tell me I've forgotten something, <laughs> which I already know I've done. So I feel like American Girl, which I have not read, but I feel like they were on the fringes of history. So it was like girls who experienced this monumental piece of history. But the books I'm thinking of is like Cleopatra's Young Adult Diary. Oh, that'd be kind of cool, like though, as a kid. actual historical figures from their young yeah. adult perspective. I, I'll find it. They're good. I want them. I want all the things I read in my youth to be oh, like know. popular now. I know. It's so hard. It it's is. so hard to find genuine babysitters club. Yeah. They're still popular, but they're more popular now as graphic novels. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that. By Raina Tele. tele I, I, can't I just say want the OGs, you know? Yeah, you got to go to a used bookstore for that. I found some at Costco. Of the old ones? They call them retro because, Whoa. you know, stuff from my days is retro. Oh. Anyway, so let's move on. Wow, you're old. I know. I'm a 90s bitch. I'm 80s. You're so. from the 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch. Remember when we saw that song performed live in the opening act for a Taylor Swift concert? No. Charlie XEX? We did. X- we did. It happened. XEX? XEX? XCX. XCX. That's what I said. Just really fast. You couldn't hear it. Okay. Anyways, move on. Moving on. Moving on. Let's not date ourselves anymore. So there's already slated to be another Thursday Murder Club and at least two more Finleys, which is extremely exciting for both of them. Very exciting. Uh, for the Beck sisters, I've, I can't remember if they're supposed to be a series or more. It can't just be a duology, right? Like, do you remember what she said? I, I honestly don't. Um, actually, maybe we should just go back and look at the... And the listen chat. to our own yeah, things. Listen yeah, listen to our own thing. Um, but for some reason now, now that we're actually talking about it, it's just coming to me. I think it, it is just the two. Just the two? I think so. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I could have just maybe been wanting there to be more because I love the way she writes. These were her first adult books, right? Yes. Everything else was YA. Correct. Or Yah. I'm sorry. Yah. Yah. So, yah. Yah for Yah. As I was reading these, I know it's called the Beck Sisters series, but I was thinking it would be awesome to go to their mom next, who's now an empty nester, and to see her get back into the dating world and focus on herself after she's been putting so much time and effort into her daughters and granddaughter for so long. I could absolutely get behind that because they, it was sort of alluded to that that's what she needed to start branching out to, to do here in the future. So, we'll see. We'll see. Trish, if you're listening, we will gladly take more of the Beck family. It doesn't have to be sisters, but I will also take Anna and Keen going across, doing their transatlantic crossing to Ireland. That would be fun. Just give me more of them. I'll be fine. That would be really fun. Uh, I just actually, while we're sitting here talking, I just ordered a signed copy of this book. (laughs) Because I was looking at her website... And I was like, oh, let me see if I can find anything on here. Oh, wait, there's signed copies. And I was like a puppy dog. And I was like, <laughs> That's oh, so weird. order confirmed. Like a puppy dog. So I just ordered a signed copy. There we are. I don't, I don't know if there's another book. I, oh, there's the email for the signed copy. <laughs> <laughs> let me mute that real quick. <laughs> Whoopsies. So you just ordered a copy of a book we already read. Which brings me to something we argue about frequently. Yeah. And that's whether to reread or not to reread books. You are very insane and you will buy books in every single element that you can from physical to electronic to audio to signed. To now a signed copy. It's fine. However, you're anti-reread. Correct. Absolutely insane. You mentioned in our last episode that... When you love characters, you love to get new stories with those same characters. And then you immediately changed your mind mid-episode because your brain automatically assumed that the love hypothesis, too, would mean a breakup. (laughs) You just couldn't handle that. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) 
You're adorable, by the way. <laughs> I did decide that mid-episode. <laughs> I was all for it until I thought about it, and I was like, no, they're just... They're break up. I can't... <laughs> I can't deal with it. No, it was just too perfect. I so. love to gamble, but I can't risk that. Anyways. Do you have any sort of preference, then, of whether you would like to reread new stories with familiar characters or just keep taking gambles on completely new stories and all new characters every time. Well, I love reading new stories with familiar characters. That's usually where I, I like to be. This is just another example of why I go back to some of my favorite long-standing series like Jack Reacher, Harry Bosch, and Janet Ivanovich. And it's just this warm and fuzzy feeling for me, and I just love to find out what these sorts of beloved characters were up to since I last read about them. It's just warm and fuzzy. That's all. Of course, they aren't all going to be a banger, but even when they aren't fabulous, they're still comforting. That doesn't mean that I don't like to find new friends to read about either. I still like to take chances on new books, but if given the opportunity, probably go with old, favorites just not rereading them but i will read yes it's a book i already read and i just ordered the signed copy it's fine it's fine everything's fine i do that I, plus it needs to go with float plan oh you have that physical i do i have physical of every book that we featured on this episode That's on this so precious yeah Wow, you're like a hardcore Lost Chill fan. I'm like the number one. <laughs> I have an episode or a book for every episode. I mainly, love that. Mainly because I do the social media <laughs> and I need to take pictures. Well, there's that. So now there will be pictures of my signed copy. I can't wait. Yeah. Did you ever get, this is way off topic. Did you ever get a book plate for the Firekeeper's daughter? No. Oh, you should you should uh, message Angeline Bully about that. Did you? Sure did. Oh. Yeah. Maybe that's because they thought we were together. No, I I specifically asked for oh. it was like addressed to me and it has my name on it and. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I asked for it. Joe. Okay. Yeah, you need to do that. I'll reach out to her. Yeah. I've been meaning to reach out to all of our authors. Be like, hi, I miss you. We're still besties, right? Okay, bye. Love you. Do you, do you remember us? <laughs> Elle comments on our stuff all the time still, so I love we thank all. her for that. I yeah. love them all. Yeah. I'm I'm happy that we were able to reach out with them, and hopefully we can talk with some more authors this year. That's the goal. Love us. <laughs> love us, authors. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. I just feel like a lot of bad reps that sequels get usually come from their movies. Sometimes it's like one hit movie begets infinite needless sequels. How many Toy Stories do we really need? Am I right? <laughs> okay, this is a tricky one. Uh-oh. Toy Story 3 is one of the best movies of all time. That is a fact. And Toy Story 4 is absolute trash. Also a fact. And I say that unironically, because that's like a plot point that they think it's cute to be trash. It is not. You should have stopped. <laughs> and Toy Story 2, I could take or leave. So it's hard. Then there's other examples in movies like The Land Before Time. You want to know which Land Before Times I remember? The first one and the ninth one. <laughs> Maybe a few others. But especially the ninth one. I googled it to be sure. But it's the one where they cross the big, 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 big water. It's the songs that really stick in my head. It's fine if you don't know it. I know it. I know it in my heart. I but never saw the ninth one. They reunite with Chomper. Do you know who Chomper is? Yeah. He's the adorable little baby T-Rex. Yeah. And so there's another song besides the big water one where they want to have friends for dinner. And Chom Chomper is stoked because he's going to have friends for dinner as guests. But Littlefoot and all of them are worried that Chomper's going to have friends for dinner as the entree. <laughs> so it's like fish are friends, not food. <laughs> yes. And it's hilarious. 
I remember that so well. This is classic. So my take on movies with sequels, no matter how many there are, it's completely hit or miss. To bring it back to books, though, I will say as long <laughs> as I love the characters, <laughs> I will be back. I probably read every single Babysitter's Club possible, regular and super special. Oh, those super specials. <laughs> I loved the super specials. <laughs> and I just had a great idea for an adult fiction book series. The Moms Who Need Babysitter's Club. <laughs> and it's just moms and the burbs or whatever going through life, hitting up Claudia and Christy every week to go on dates or job interviews. Maybe an alt reality where Finley doesn't have Vero and <laughs> needs someone short notice. It'd be good. <laughs> Anyways. So, back to character series. I just feel like the whole long-term series happens more often with kids' books than adult genres. I need to rewind. Okay. To The Land Before Time. <laughs> Go ahead. I could. I only saw the first one. Because it was so traumatic for me. <laughs> it was like Bambi. Uh, so, my mom loves to tell this story about how I was such a good little kid and I never cried for any toy except we were in JCPenney's one night and of course they were closing for the evening and I cried and threw the biggest fit because I wanted this little foot stuffed animal. It's actually in my son's room now because I still have it. What? I will steal that no, next time I come No. Over. Yeah, I he will. is so loved. I slept with him every single night. And I would get so upset when they would show The Land Before Time in school, like on a movie day, because I'd be like, I don't have a little foot. I can't watch it without him. I won't watch this. And I would just like turn around. What age were you when you realized that Sarah was short for Triceratops? 35. <laughs> <laughs> like just now? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's cute. So cute. So Aww. cute. Okay. So, <laughs> back to our sequels that we're featuring tonight. Wait, you don't want to talk movies on this book podcast? I, I kind of like we just, always do. I think we should just have a spinoff that's just Land Before Time. A sequel? And I will make you watch all million of them. No. No. No, that was, that was heartbreaking. That was like Bambi. It gets so the thing that I've found with movies and their sequels is that the first one can be heartbreaking. The second one tends to be lighter, but with the same characters, and then the third gets good again. And examples I have of this is like Toy Story, Aladdin. Well, yes, Toy Story is a good one. Toy Story is a very good one. Toy Story three is so good; it's ridiculous. It's not fair to the rest of the movies. They should have just stopped at three. They should have. But also Aladdin. Okay, Return of Jafar, which is the second one. Terrible. It, everyone could live without it. I really liked Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which was where Aladdin dealt with all his daddy issues and there so much, and Jasmine and him finally got married. You never saw that? I freaking loved that movie. I don't think I saw it because it's like the second one turns me off so much that I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like I The Lion King. I was one of the ones who just loved the characters so much mm. that I loved to revisit them. And so a lot of the, there was, there was a whole Disney spinoff thing where they would do the, the princess collection, it was called. And it wasn't even fully full length feature films. It was just stories about the princess there was like a whole little mermaid series and all these things and i just ate that shit right up because it was my same characters and it was so, happy and fine you know how i don't reread books do you not rewatch movies oh no i rewatch movies because they're like i rewatch movies i obviously rewatch shows friends scrubs as one should like not grays Oh my god. Anyways, go on. I'm really offended because I am like 
97% caught up on Grey's Anatomy, but Katie and Lindsay gave up like at 80%, and so no one will care anymore with me, and I'm very <laughs> sad about that. Hey, I watched a lot of it. I have other shows I'm watching. I'm not, really. So anyways, tonight, our official score of the books we read... I was about 2.5 preferring the sequel over the original. And the 0.5 is that I felt like Float Plan and Sweet Spot were on equal footing for me. So I can't say I completely preferred the sequel. Where I feel like you were at 100% preferred the sequel, right? Yeah. Okay. So, switching away from our focus of those three specific books tonight. Tell me one book you would love a genuine sequel of. Okay, so I have two, actually. Uh, The Firekeeper's Daughter, which I still desperately want to know what Jamie's real name is, even though when we chatted with Angeline Booley last summer, she said that she will never tell. Break. So she's writing another book. Yeah. Confirm with us. I'm 98% sure. I'm 100% sure, but sometimes I downplay my great memory. The book she's writing is in the same universe, yeah. so it's not a sequel. Yeah, I know. But, but I specifically want a sequel. To that one? To Firekeeper's Daughter. Yeah. So you want another, like, you want, yeah. from Dana's perspective, but a little older? Yeah. With Jamie's name? Yeah, with Jamie's name. <laughs> I don't even care what they do. Like, What if just, it's their child? Just, maybe. Like, that's cool, too. Does that count for a sequel? Not just same universe? Yeah, it does. Same uterus? What? It's just one uterus. It's not the same as someone. uh, Go on. Anyway, what else? (laughs) Uh, And the Gunkle. The Gunkle was such a great book. It was super cute, super lovable. Um, I could also deal with another sequel of Harry Potter with all of her kids, but I just don't even know if that would be the same. It probably did. You even try to read the Cursed Child? I did not. It was garbage. That's what I've heard. So the other thing, though, is it wasn't written in typical novel format. It was like reading the script. Oh, it was a play. Yeah. Of a play. So that was a little rough. But pretty much everything I've read that is from Harry Potter, but not from the seven books, is almost just like a cash cow and it's nothing's given in thought and it's not even a complete story. It's like the wisp of an idea and just fucking jack off because it's the same characters but yeah it's not real and that's why i'm like i while i would love that like i don't think it would ever be the same no and it but the thing that makes me mad about the harry potter stuff is it could be it has the potential and so far i have loved fantastic beasts which is same universe but not yeah that's not my favorite sorry i'm sorry i don't think i've even watched all of them honestly I've watched like the first two, I think. Is that all that's out? I, uh, I think there's three, but I could be wrong. Welcome back to our okay. book podcast. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Well, it's not even like the movies for me. It's more the books of, I mean, the movies are great. There's so much potential. Like you, like you could have an epic, which is something that spans generation and time like Star like Wars, Star is. Wars and Marvel and all yes, of those and things. You can have that. You could have that with Harry Potter and it could be so good. Yeah. But that has basically been a trash opportunity up until this point. Honestly. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should write it. Fanfic. Yeah. Mm, uh, better than fanfic. Some authors get super famous off that. I know. Christina Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. 50 shades of gray author. What's her name? E.L. Gray. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Anyways. Yeah. You know who we're talking about. There we are. So do you have a top sequel recommendation of all time or any top universe recommendation of all time? Okay. Top sequel. That's a hard question for me. It's just hard to come up with off the top of my head. I don't know why. I almost said The Lost World by Michael Crichton. I don't know. I love dinosaurs, okay? You do you, boo. I sent the Duchai uh, Lost World I saw. invitation. No one cared, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. Those things are lame. They are not. Okay. You go and you tell me. But when I think back to the most recent sequel that I loved, I would probably say Fly Away by Kristen Hanna. 
which of course is a sequel to Firefly Lane. That one I did put off for so long because I was worried it would go away. That would piss me off. And then it didn't. It was a strong book with great character development. You should read it. Yeah, it's on my list. (laughs) I'm just scared. I was scared, but it was good. No, I know because you said that you liked it so much. I remember when you read it and I'm just still scared. It's okay. Yeah. It'll be all right. For same universe though, what instantly comes to mind and that's because the sweet spot dredged up some feelings for me. I would say The Coincidence of Coconut Cake and The Simplicity of Cider by Amy E. Reichert. So while Float Plan and Sweet Spot were actual relational sisters, this one was even further apart than that. But basically one time the main characters from the first book walked into the store of the second book and it was just like really exciting. <laughs> so do you remember the first time in Sweet Spot when she's like, my sister Anna, and you're like, hey, I know her. Yeah. Yes. So this was like, take away all the relation. And like, oh, they're wandering the characters from another book you love. And it was that same excitement. You know what that reminds me of? What does that remind you of? Not a book at all. Okay. It reminds me of an episode of Friends where <laughs> Helen Hunt <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Helen Hunt comes walking in thinking that Phoebe is Ursula from Mad About You. And it's this whole yes. thing. And you're like, yes. oh, yeah, I know you guys. I know you guys because I watch that show, too. And then it's a whole thing. Yes. And you just get excited. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you had mentioned your sequels. Do you have any other same universe besides the Friends thing? (laughs) Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Lost Chill Podcast. Please help our podcast to reach more listeners by subscribing and leaving a review. We read every single one together and jump up and down screaming with glee every single time. So you know we just truly appreciate it. And that is a true story, folks. (laughs) It's very true. If you can't get enough of the Lost Chill podcast, check out our website, thelostchill.com, for blog posts and more fun. Also, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for exclusive content and swag. We are constantly improving and growing our offerings, so be sure to check back often. If it's additional reviews and cute puppies that you're after, follow us on Instagram at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. Follow The Lost Chill as well to get all of the latest information on upcoming books to be featured, upcoming author chats, giveaways, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Aww.